0: Welcome to Crafted with Cradle, a curated conversation over cocktails with Charlotte's Best.
1: I'm Robert Bush. Uh, I just retired as the president of the Arts and Science Council, and I'm Crafted with Cradle.
0: Welcome to another edition of Crafted with Cradle. I am your host, Dr. Keith Cradle. And remember, this is your podcast for curated conversations over cocktails with some of Charlotte's finest in our cultural arts community as always i want to thank jason jet for our theme music jasonjetmusic.com he does our theme music so every time you listen to that make sure you think of him check out his music the kid is doing amazing work our sponsors sweet 929 and jsw media remember sweet929.tv if you love listening to us you can watch all the shenanigans if you just click on that link as also Hit my website keithcradle.com. Remember, the book is out. Cut the check. Um, strategic engagement. Uh, you know, so for people that are doing nonprofits, running nonprofits, it's a great uh, book for you to read and think about how you can get some donor engagement going on. So, with that said, um, you know, I've known this brother for a minute, and I'm quite sure you know when you hear his voice or if you see his face, you're gonna automatically know who it is as well. But he is a man about town. He is doing his thing. We talk about visual art, performance art, spoken word. I mean, anything I think that has to do with voice inflection, because brother, you know, I'm kind of <laughs> jealous. You know, when you start talking, only other person I think I've been voice jealous of, I think, is blues. But you know, I, you know, your voice, um, the things that you're able to do, your creative mind, um, all the stuff that you're doing here in our community, I think, is hands down, top notch, well needed. Y'all give it up, man, for my man Quentin. Tally. Yo,
1: what's going on everybody? What's going on, brother? Chilling, man. Thank oh. you for having me.
0: Oh, now nah, listen, you know, we Doctor.
1: Gonna, I forgot you are a doctor now. Little little something, You know, we,
0: we we put it out yeah. there we do what we do. But, you know, we're going to get you on sooner or later, you know, and it was one of those things, you know, we it, I think timing is always one of those great um, aspects of life and and so while you got On Cue Productions, you also got mm-hmm. something new going on. That you just announced. So we're going to jump into this app. But as always, you know, this is a drinking podcast. A- Amen. And so, you know, we gave you your warm-up cocktail. Mm-hmm. We also got your, um, you know, your pre-questions. And, and honestly, we threw them <laughs> shits right out. You know, we don't give a damn. Um, so we, we are going to ask you this, though. I ask everybody this question okay. that's come on the podcast. First and foremost, you know, if you were in a bar, crowded line, you don't want to back the line up. What's your go-to cocktail?
1: Jack and Ginger.
0: Uh, Jack and Ginger. And how'd you get there?
1: uh i've just I, I like brown liquor and always been a fan of brown liquor and uh you know that's just my go-to it's a standard jack is a standard um and didn't realize that it was uh help made by a black man i was gonna say um, yeah. so that was that was cool to cool to know um no wonder i gravitated toward it, <laughs> yeah, it so uh yeah jack and ginger that's the way to go
0: any any bad nights on the jack and ginger <laughs>
1: No, that's why it's my go to I always have a good time on Jack and ginger,
0: okay. I've never had a bad night all right so in front of us um you know we got it it's warm i'm you know we've been doing a lot of wine flights you know this you know because it's pretty warm outside. We want to keep turning people on to some good wines sweet. So, um, so we got a rosé, we got a Pinot Grigio, and and I read your pre-questions, and you said you you had gone away from tequila, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't mind coming back, and I, and I'm a, and, and I'm a tequila guy, right. so I love when I saw that I said oh shit, you know we going we gonna make sure, you know we get some good tequila on the show, so <laughs> so we got you know we got some, some high end and okay, you know what I'm saying which is def- definitely different from right. the standard blancos. You know, none of that Don, you know, none of the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron, you know, all the bullshit, you know, a lot of sugary. No, we don't do all that. So uh-huh. this this should hopefully ease you back in slowly right. um, as we work our way down. But it's on you to pour your own drink. You know, we don't, okay. you, know you you pour what you want, drink what you want. Um, but eventually we'll get to the tequila okay, and we'll cool. do that. So tell me you where you're from, brother.
1: I'm originally from Greenwood South Carolina
0: so not Greenville
1: no not Greenville Greenwood Greenwood is kind of south west of Greenville um, about 35 minutes from Anderson about 45 minutes from Greenville about an hour and 15 minutes east of Columbia mm-hmm. And close about 30 minutes from the Georgia border yeah
0: so how'd you get how'd you get here
1: uh, so, I went to Winthrop University, mm-hmm. big ups to the Wu. Uh,
0: <laughs> not, not the Wu-Tang, Wu, Wu-Tang for the kids, the but Wu for the, the university. The
1: Wu is for the kids.
0: There we go. Um,
1: so, graduated from Winthrop in 2003, um, and during the time that I was in college, I used to work uh at enterprise rental car mm-hmm. <laughs> washing cards my junior and senior year and that's how i met uh jc because jc would pass by i was on nations four road and he would pass by um because he worked at the barbershop just for you and uh we sparked up a conversation i told him i was spoken word artist he said come up to charlotte and grew friendships with all the poets um and from there, moved, moved to Charlotte in 2004. Nice. And that's how I got involved in the artist community. And, and, and
0: JC had been been doing his thing for, for yeah, a for good a minute. minute. Yeah, yeah. And just even some interconnectivity there. So Just For You, owned by Jeff Brody. Mm-hmm. And I, I see Jeff all the time. So it's just crazy that you, that you dropped that you know right there. Yeah. So how long had you been doing... Before you got, you know, while you were doing the enterprise thing, mm-hmm. how long have you been doing spoken word and everything else?
1: Yeah, spoken word theater has been a part of my life all my life. Um, I had been doing spoken word specifically, probably since about eleventh, twelfth grade, um, and you know, kept it going through during, during college. We, they, Winthrop is like literally number one in college programming really? when it comes to uh, bringing in acts. Um, and they've held that for like 25 years. Wow! Um, so, I got to see Saul Williams, Jessica Caremore, um, Bocia like all the dopest spoken word artists you can think of came to Winthrop wow. during my time there. Um, so, you know, we just made it made it more um, made it more uh, immediate for me to you know I knew that I could do this as a as a profession so so you
0: so you get to Charlotte you mm-hmm. start making the rounds yep. what what was that like when you were first starting out and what was the scene like when you were first starting out
1: uh, the scene was uh, interesting so
0: <laughs> what time period about? Right? what time period this
1: was talking? 2000 really the early 2000s
0: so this is right after Love Jones mm-hmm. yeah so yep. Love Jones comes out yeah everybody yep. named mother yeah and that's mother, when the tonic room and moon room was <laughs> yes. still going on uh
1: and that was like ninety nine two thousand that's when I was still in college um but by the time i had got here in two thousand four uh we were starting to make a scene for for a spoken word okay. um and literally when I got here in two thousand four two thousand by two thousand five j c had um had started a partnership with the wine up, mm-hmm. um, and so we were there for ten good ten twelve years, uh, and that was the home of poetry, for for that amount of time, um, and just became a close knit community with with poetry. Okay,
0: yeah. and so in that in that time frame, you know, I'm, so when did On Cue come into fruition in that time frame? So you were doing that, but then all of a sudden, boom,
1: yeah on Q started actually on Q started the idea of it started in college mm-hmm. also um, but formally we did our first show in 2006 okay um, I think it was no yeah November of 2006 and it was at Hart Winston gallery and we did um, in the blood by Suzanne Lloyd Parks um, and when we started that there was no there was no formal black theater company in Charlotte and mm-hmm. um, and, you know, with my background, that that that's all I wanted to do. I majored in theater, in African American studies, and black theater was always close to my heart. So, um, getting here and realizing that there was no black theater for a city of Charlotte's size, um, I was like, well, let's, you know, do a show or two. And it just kind of snowballed from there Um and we've been be 13 years in November.
0: So, so for folk that might have been living under a rock mm-hmm. the last 13 years, tell them about On Cue, you know, what you all do, and, you know, and, and again.
1: So the official spiel, On Cue, started in 2006 with a mission to produce classic, contemporary, and original performance works that reflect the black experience. Um, so that's our whole goal is to... Uh, you know, uplift and advocate for artists of color, um, and produce works by by black playwrights because it's not done as much as as much as it should be. Um, and I think we've helped change the landscape uh, of of work in our theater community. I know we've changed the landscape because when I first got here, the only show. Uh, black show that w- would be done would be during February.
0: Black History Month.
1: Yeah, now everybody's doing shows throughout the year. So yeah.
0: So that's got to be a a great feeling for that. I I'm, I'm thinking about Charlotte, and just its own progression. Mm-hmm. When we think about arts and and how African American art is starting to become embraced. Why do you think no one else jumped on that or saw that gap? You know, during that time that there weren't. I'm I'm assuming the larger institutions might have been doing maybe one or two yeah, yeah. things geared towards African-American yeah. playwrights and things like that, but no one thinking wholeheartedly about a full inception. Uh,
1: you know, I don't know what it was. I think it was multiple things. I, I don't think you can point to one thing. Um, but as far as theater goes, theater costs so much money to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one kind of... Uh, kind of obstacle in the way. Uh, and... Because they were doing small things at the African American Culture Center at the time, uh, but like I said, no formal, right. formal group. Um, and a lot of the older heads had had done the theater company thing because they had Ebony Group and Ebony Group and Company back in the seventies, eighties. Okay. Um, so, like a lot of the older cats had been there, done that, and went on to other things. Um, <clears throat> so I don't, I don't know what it was, but. You know, I was the new kid in town, mm-hmm. and I was like, fuck it, we just, just, gonna, do it. <laughs> we just gonna do it, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so Jamik and I were talking earlier that, I mean, you literally are, you know, a, um, you know, you are the definition of my hashtag, never not working. Tell everybody what you do for OnQ, I mean, because you're literally...
1: Oh, man, what I do for OnQ, or uh, just in general? <laughs> I mean, well, we'll get to it in general, but for OnQ,
0: what, you, you write? You yeah, play. I've
1: been a writer, um... I don't. I don't like to call myself a playwright because I don't. I don't feel like I. I serve the title justice, um, but I have written parts of some some plays that we've done specifically, Miles and Cold Train. Mm-hmm. Um, I adapted The Children. The Children keep coming. So those two, I'll, I'll take credit for. But the rest of them, I I won't take credit for. <laughs> um, but we have other great playwrights in the city, so that's why we bring in people to do that. Um, but I direct, right. produce, yep. star, been an actor right. in shows. Um,
0: Probably swept up after when yeah, arrived.
1: all of that built sets, um, all of that. You know, you got to you got to do it all in theater, especially with a small company. You have to be a part of
0: every facet. Yeah. So speaking of size and, and you know scope scale for mm-hmm. a small company, you know your audience mm-hmm. um, primarily. I would assume, and I hate to assume, but we're talking about you know in Charlotte. Is it a is it a mix or is it primarily African Americans who are seeing things for the first time that they might have heard about? Particularly, when you're talking about Miles and Coltrane? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've dabbled any August Wilson. I think you did. we did one August Wilson. Right. We did uh,
1: Seven Guitars. Exactly. and Lou Bellamy directed that. One,
0: and and so for so for things that Black folk might have heard about, mm-hmm. or we have some you know some peaceful you know some pieces of it. You know, is this a is this a vehicle to make sure you're driving folk into the theater and leaving out? with more information than they can.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um I feel like all most black works or works by black playwrights have some kind of I mean they're entertaining no doubt, but Every, every piece that I've ever read or been a part of, even ones that are kind of straight up comedy, satire, they always have this underlying educational, historical context to it um, that you just can't get away from. Um, that's why I love doing black theater, because it teaches us uh, about ourselves and about being, and for other folks who are not of the culture, uh, about being black in America in our, in our perspective. Um, and I feel like entertainment is the easiest way for people to um, kind of gain insight into into a culture. Okay. Yeah.
0: So so right now, what does what does the Charlotte art scene look like, and particularly from your vantage point, mm-hmm. where you know um, you know we talk about theater, performance art um what what's it looking like in your from your perspective
1: oh it's grown a lot um it's progressed a, a whole a whole lot um and i feel like it's just catching up to itself uh because before i got here there was that whole angels in america thing and charlotte rep went down um and we don't have i don't think people realize that for a city of this size, we're one of the only cities in the country of our size that does not have a regional theater, wow. and that that makes a bit. Oh man! So talk about how does that uh, the ecosystem that so is how, sold, so talk messed about up. That. So basically, for those that don't know, having a Lord Theater, um, it's kind of like having your own yeah, a city having its own Broadway theater, kind of, um, and it just means that. People are working on professional level um, and everything's unionized and all that good stuff. Um, And Charlotte Rep was our regional theater. Um, And once the whole Angels in America happened, for those that don't know, you can Google it. Um, Robert um,
0: Bush was on last month, so he talked about He talked about, okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talked about that.
1: so. So, So that really put a dent in the city as far as. Uh, the arts is concerned because it, it really fucks up the whole ecosystem when you don't have a Lord theater hmm. in your in your town. Um, because it doesn't it a Lord Theater impacts all the other theaters that, that may be maybe in your town. And you know, the only professional theater companies we have here are children's theater right. and actors theater. Right. So the largest theater that you have is a children's theater, Hmm. which is crazy.
0: Hmm. So when people think of Blumenthal Mm -hmm. and the shows they bring, is that considered? Nope. Okay. So 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 for people who don't know, they don't produce not a damn thing. And I think that I think that's where there's a probably people are misconstruing that we see we have productions. And I love Blumenthal. We have productions coming here, but but they're not local. These, These are national. Yeah, plays national touring, touring plays. plays. Now
1: they invest in national and Broadway shows, but they don't produce anything locally. Now you may see theater com- like on Q. You'll see theater companies that are at Spirit Square, but they don't produce anything. Right. Yeah.
0: So why wouldn't they? I think you know they they have the size. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And and of course there is an interest. Why wouldn't, a, you know, a company in Charlotte say, hey, you know what, we, we recognize that there's a missing piece to the, all of this. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we have, you know, we have a, we have, we have the orchestra, we got the ballet, mm-hmm. you know, we got all these other things and we're missing a piece. Why hasn't Charlotte decided to step up and do that?
1: Because money, um, it takes so much money to do a, a Lort theater and people have tried over the years to, um, but the politics of charlotte and the politics of art being it being what it is is really hard in this day and age to start a new lord theater cuz it just takes so much money.
0: Okay. Yeah. So you just you you, you dropped a recent announcement. Mm-hmm. Um so you know not only with on cue but now with your own personal um yep. so you you've taken a position. Yes. So go ahead and put that out there, man.
1: So I am the new program director at the Haytai Center, Haytai Heritage Center in Durham, North Carolina. Yeah,
0: yeah, Bull
1: City. Yeah, exactly. So I'm back and forth for right now. I was say, like, how's that
0: work? Are you now? You're not leaving us. Are you not? Are you thinking about moving?
1: No, I'm not. Now? I'm not leaving y'all. I'm not leaving Charlotte totally. Um, so I'm there Monday through Friday. I don't say. I mean, there's a, yeah. a commitment now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a commitment now. But yeah, I don't. For me, I don't see it um, as any other commitment that I didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a freelance artist, as a as a full time artist, you go where the work is. You go where the work is. Um, and they was paying a salary. In <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> well, <I> mean, <laughs>
0: I want to segue into that because we have this conversation a lot on mm-hmm. this podcast, yeah. particularly with artists, um, the starving artists, mm-hmm. you know, mentality or just that. Um, I, I think there, there's a label that comes with artistry mm-hmm. that people assume that there's always no money involved or little money involved yeah. unless, you know, unless you're you know, an outlier. Yeah, yeah. Why is that?
1: Um.
0: And I'm going to pour you some. I don't pour a drink on that. Yeah, pour a drink on that. You,
1: you know what? I don't know what it is about that. Um, I always go back to this study that I read that I think is 95% of, of folks in America, specifically America, value the arts, but they don't value the artist. Mm. And I think that's what it boils down to. People love people love to talk about art and you know the value that it has, but the people who create it, basically, fuck y'all. <laughs> must some, some, some I mean, I, in, must I have
0: I, some value to it for them. Yeah. And we and I think we've seen that particularly. You know, and I think in, that's
1: what it boils down to in the art
0: world, where right, if you can buy something from someone, and I have a feeling it's going to be worth something else, yeah, then it becomes more of an investment, right. and not so much that I really care about you. You, exactly. I, I care more about what happens next. Yeah. So, so is Charlotte faking the funk then? I mean, or, or is this just this is just around the country, or is is, is this is this not? I want to say it's specifically a Charlotte issue. No, yeah. this is an artist issue around our country. Yeah,
1: I think it's an artist issue. I. F- I think it's an artist issue around the country. Um, I think Charlotte has its own specific challenges. Such as um, but you can't say that
0: without giving us. <laughs> you, what, what are because Char- we want to help. We want to help Charlotte. Yeah, this that this that Charlie Murphy on the couch right here. You know, we we <laughs> fuck him up, so well, I'm helping you. I mean, we fucked him up, so we can help him. So let's let's beat up Charlotte's knees so we can help him.
1: Um, I think Char one of the issues that I've seen with Charlotte is is such a corporate town mm. and it's such a top down town yes, um, that art doesn't work that way. Art works from the ground up. And a lot of the a lot of the ideas and even though they're great ideas, they come from entities and institutions who definitely mean well, but it's not coming from the people. Um and building up instead of people sitting on high with think tanks and task force telling people what people on the ground already know. And I think that's what a lot of the times happens is that you have institutions where um you know they they have like they have these grand ideas and grand visions, but it's is it's not coming from the people. Or it is coming from the people And you pay somebody To ask the people when, but What people been telling you for 5 years Already done told you for free
0: Charles, Charles, Charles is a task force town We love, we love a task force
1: You will spend a million dollars on a task force But I just told you that 2 years ago For free <laughs>
0: right. So how so how how can we get these folks to understand that is that is that just a changing of the guard I think where you know as times change people change and then for you know folk who are more committed to mm. making the change come in or is it what I what I think I've been noticing is that you know and I hate the term grassroots mm. but folk who are doing it yeah they are literally saying well fuck y'all we'll just do it over here basically and some of that tension starts to like you know it's like anything else you know it catches its own flame and then people are like what the hell what the fuck are they doing over there yeah, yeah and all of a sudden now people are running over there and saying you know what let's invest now in these folk because it's hot
1: yeah yeah that's how i started like i was literally like we just gonna start something and see how it goes and then people started gravitated towards it and people started looking at what the company was doing and then started jumping on the bandwagon, which is cool. Come on, everybody along for the ride. But um at that point we had just had been doing it, you know. Um, you know, Charlotte is just an interesting town when it comes to arts. i uh, you know, I just think it I really do I really do think it comes back to our corporate mentality about a lot of things. Um, Which is a good and a bad thing, Um, yeah.
0: Okay. So, so is Charlotte? You know, while we are we are in this midst of, I think, um, what you know, someone said was kind of a newer renaissance, some a progressive renaissance, Mm -hmm. where we're now seeing, you know, of course, mural art now is being you know just being embraced. Before Mm -hmm. graffiti, get the fuck out of here! Don't want it. Now, mural art is a thing. Um, People are finding themselves you know, ending up at Camp North End for mm-hmm. a lot of things that are, you know, I would say not so, kind of low brow, doesn't take yeah. a lot of energy, doesn't take a lot of money Just mm-hmm. say, listen, just show up as you are, enjoy the art, um, enjoy the scene as it's being built. Um, is that is that our new direction or will we always find folk needing, I think, you know, again, you know, those those institutions that are considered, you know, high end and, and everything, or it's always going to be a mix?
1: I think you always need a mix. Um, I think that's what keeps the culture community thriving. is is a mix of a little bit of everything: grassroots, high end museums, uh, Broadway, local uh, local theater. Um, you need all of that to have a healthy arts ecosystem. Um, that's the only way that we grow together.
0: Well, yeah. so you've done, and you so you've done residencies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so do you see um, big institutions more of an incubator for folk trying to get started, or is it a conduit, you know, just for them? I mean, who benefits the most, you know, in those residencies? <laughs> uh,
1: I think both do, both benefit. I think there comes a po- I think there comes a point. Where one benefits more than the other, um, you know we've had a residency at Blumenthal. This would be our, I believe, our tenth. Yeah, this is our tenth year because we started in two thousand nine at having a Blumenthal res- residency at Spirit Square, um, and we were the first African American theater company to do so. And you know, at first it was it is, it, and it still is a a great partnership. But what happens is as you grow, um, when you're, when you're with the institution, some of your identity as a theater, especially as a theater gets lost. I right. feel, um, because we don't have a brick and mortar place for people to come to. I feel like our identity kind of gets lost in the, in the Blumenthal realm, um, and that's a good and a bad thing, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so as we grow, we're trying to find ways. We've always acted as a touring company anyway. Um, you know, we, we get on the road and we've done productions on the road um, just so we can have that identity for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I see it as a good and a bad thing when it comes to residencies. Okay. Yeah.
0: And so talk about your experience when you did one. I mean, was, mm-hmm. so you did it, and did you come back saying, well, I kind of knew all that shit already? Or, or really, was there an awakening while you're away from Charlotte and doing it someplace else?
1: Talking um, about as far as residencies mm-hmm. goes, well, uh, the only residency long term that we've had would be Blumenthal. Right, okay. Um, now, as far as residencies go, um yeah, that that's been that's been the main one is as, as a field. And then you company. spend some
0: time with Minneapolis or was
1: it with someone? Yeah, Minneapolis. See, that was that was a different thing. That okay. was um uh, I got a a fellowship okay. through Theater Communications Group to work with a mentor in the field. Mm-hmm. So I chose Lou Bellamy out of St. Paul, Minnesota. So I was literally getting paid to work there, be a part of the company and I have Lou as my mentor, okay. so I got to travel around with him, be assistant director on some shows, and just see what it what it takes to work in in the American theater on that level, right. on that Lord level that I was talking about, um, which was a great experience. Um, Lou, I still consider Lou my mentor. He's came and done shows here, um, it has been a great uh, asset outside of after the after the fellowship finish um so that that was kind of sort of a residency but more of a fellowship type of thing Got yeah it.
0: yeah and and so how did that work out for
1: you oh it was the best time of my life i wish i could do it again
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. at least get paid to do it
0: again <laughs> so now you said you've taken you're taking shows on the road mm-hmm. Is it is it still that I I I call it sometimes the you know the Jesus prophet you know kind of um, syndrome where you're more respected when you leave mm-hmm. than when you're here? Yeah. Do people show more love on the road than here in Charlotte, or Charlotte is just Charlotte? Charlotte embraces you for what On Cue's been able to do.
1: I, I think Charlotte in general has embraced has embraced us, um, but definitely when you go on the road, you do get a lot of love. Um, a lot of immediate attention um that you that you don't get necessarily here on a regular basis. Um you know, we've done we've done New York, Atlanta, Scotland, Scotland was fun. Um so you do get that because they don't get our flavor of theater all the time in other places. So you know, I kind of take it with a grain of salt, you know. Like you said, that, that profit syndrome, yeah. home is home, and kind of, they kind of take you for granted sometimes that, because they see you all the time. Right. So I, I get it. I get it, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So um, let's talk about engagement because, mm-hmm. you know, again, you know, a big part of what you do is trying to get it. not only butts and seats, but it, it's really about, again, expanding the message mm-hmm. and, and hopefully people walk away with a greater appreciation for the theater. Yes. What does that look like for you? What does engagement look like for you? And and how are you all doing
1: that? Uh, So engagement around the theater and just the arts in general. um, Specifically around the theater. Usually you have uh, some type of, you know, whatever whatever the play is about. Usually you have a talk around the play. Like when we did, I say when we did... um, this was a while back when we did a Man Corner. We talked about uh, the traditions of the Black Church. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a riveting conversation because sure. <laughs> we had some we had some, sure. we had some great panelists. So it got real. It was respectful respectfully heated debate. <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 Honestly, yeah, like respectfully heated debate. the Black Church. Yeah, black
0: yeah, folk, yeah. Black folk don't play with yeah. yeah play exactly, church. exactly.
1: Um, so you know you have you have things like that and engage the community on a uh on a small scale so that they have more information when they come to the show um and a lot of uh talk backs with the with the audience after shows and stuff like that um and around education we usually do uh we haven't done it in a while but thinking about bringing it back next next spring um is doing a uh, black theater 101 where we, you know, pick a pl- pick pick a couple plays for the season and have a reading of those plays and then invite professors um to come in and you know, theater, English professors come in and break down uh, you know, the historical and cultural context of the show. I think that helped a lot understanding, you know, how a play works from how it goes from you sitting in, around the table to it going up on stage uh, I don't I don't think people realize the amount of time and energy um, it takes to get a show up um, so th- that that helped that used to that helped out a lot
0: yeah so so for people that, that are walking in you know they, they purchased a the ticket mm-hmm. um, if they've never seen you know one of your productions before what can they expect um I know it varies on the
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I I hope they expect high quality, um, and just work with integrity. Uh, you know, with on cue, kind of have a uh, a stylistic thing going on. Mm-hmm. Cause when we first started, uh, I purpose purposely pick plays. The wine is given to me already. <laughs> uh, I, you ain't I, I picked plays that didn't necessarily have, uh, that we would have to have a lot of set and uh, because we didn't have the money to, you know, build gigantic sets and stuff like that. So we did uh, shows like for Colored Girls and Mm -hmm. uh, Dutchmen and just shows that, you know, you could build the world with literally just some actors and. Uh, some some double lighting and costumes so that that aesthetic kind of went with us throughout the throughout the years mm-hmm. um and eventually we got to full-blown sets and all that stuff so i kind of take that aesthetic with me um even till now
0: yeah so you know even with audiences and and you know i've sat on boards and things like that and i support the arts wholeheartedly mm-hmm. you know your your audiences eventually will change. People get mm-hmm. older. People die. They move off. How do you get this into the hands of younger folk? You know what? How do you nurture the next? You know, appreciate people who appreciate theater to somebody, to millennials to younger folk. Yeah. You know, and I know you've done that. One, I, I, we talked about this earlier. Jamie and I were talking about ticket prices. So you mm-hmm. try to keep the ticket prices fairly, yeah, yeah, fairly low, so that way people can experience art. Because we know sometimes you go to other cities theater tickets can be I believe you know 30 40 50 60 $60, yeah um, so one so hit on that first how has that you been able to keep your ticket prices so low
1: uh, because of donations and grants um, and just funders being able to supplement our our ticket prices um, I think that's one of the misconceptions of theater um, is that if we didn't have those underwriters all theater would be, like you said, $50, $75 yeah. to recoup your costs. Like, even, I'll say bare minimum, even shows that you think might look shoddy, they probably spent $10,000. The average, The average theater piece... At least ten, and like that's that's like that's, low. That's bare minimum. That's like low, low. Bar. That ain't like
0: set changes. Yeah, that's
1: know. that. That's a reading for Lord Theater. <laughs> like for like for real. <laughs> like, I'm dead serious. Like that's a reading for Lord Theater. Like I don't think people realize the amount of money that that goes into a production before anybody even buys a ticket. Like you. I've spent twenty five thousand dollars before before anybody even bought a ticket,
0: and right we, we haven't even gotten you the haven't ticket even settled, right? you ain't even
1: got I ain't even put tickets on sale Sailed yet, yet. <laughs> and you've already spent twenty five thousand dollars, so that's that's and that's just for the stage, not let alone having to pay for marketing and.
0: And when that you say when you say yard, the stage, and and I know you know a lot of these folk that you're using are local, mm-hmm. and and trying to I think you know aspire to be. Yeah. you know a bigger in in theater game and they're getting paid too I assume. yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah everybody's getting paid you know not not what like you said what they should be getting paid but right. everybody gets um gets a check at the end of the at the end of the show but yeah everybody gets paid on stage and um yeah and like I said that's that's low end we're not even we're not even union and we're still you are still paying that amount of money for, for a show, and when you get to union prices and that's all that stuff, new, that's a whole, that's a whole, whole other mind blowing <laughs> chunk of change that you got to put up. Yeah.
0: So 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 back to the one of the one of the first questions was again. So marketing to younger, you know, younger yes. generations. I'm sorry. How, how, how we exactly? <laughs> no no we, we got you know, we, we always sidebar we always sidebar, but that I think that's an, that's another thing that's inside this gumbo. Um, yeah. Is that you know you're trying to cultivate you know the next audience. That will be able to pay for these tickets. So, how does On Cue do that with younger generations?
1: Uh, I think it really starts with the even younger generations is catching them early because that's how I got involved in theater. Is when I is when I was in elementary, middle school, high school, um, just cultivating youth um, and getting them involved as early as possible. I think that carries with them through all their lives, and they end up wanting to go see a show and go to the theater. Um, and that's how most of our, I will say 25 to 40 year olds, mm-hmm. that come to the company or find out about the company, that's how they got involved with with the arts um, and their relationship to theater, is that they started very young with their mama, or whoever, taking them right. taking them early to see a show. Uh, and they just—they're just fans of the theater. So, yeah. Okay.
0: Now, in in, in all the years you've been doing this, and um, I'm quite sure you've run across some terrible actors <laughs> and people that want to be on stage. How do you tell them, "Hey, brother, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be uh, or not uh, to listen, brother, you suck." How how do I how do you, how do you let folks down? because like, like, we've got dreams now. Folk wanna be in the game. They think, you know, they watch a little TV or they've been to a place like me, I can act my ass off. Oh, but someone man. tells them they're funny. Or True. you know, because I, I asked Boris the same question. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was like, you know, I know some people think they could write a poem, spit it, and they think that <laughs> shit high fire. And it's like, dude, you are trash. How how do you how do you weed out folks to let them know, hey man, thanks for coming. But <laughs> you know, don't call us. We'll call you. Well,
1: I'll say this first. <laughs> so ONQ has open auditions everybody's free to audition (laughs) so uh, we always have open call when you see the call please come out Um, with that said uh, in my opinion I think everybody is an actor Hmm. if you've ever called in sick to work and your (laughs) ass is sick you're an actor (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: uh, Basically right. everybody's done that right. like you, If you've done that in your lifetime If you called out sick And your ass ain't sick You're an actor So I feel like Everybody has that Has that thing in them um, And I can usually Tell if I can pull it out or not Um, Because I, I love working with actors that are not as I basically long story short I think there's a difference between actors who just want to get in the game and train actors okay and they both have their pros and cons okay. and you just have to work with them differently um, but every director isn't like that you know um so go out Audition. audition, get some, get some, you know, experience under your belt. Go to classes. Um, so you advocate
0: for classes. Yeah, so, I
1: definitely advocate so, for classes and workshops. Yeah. So
0: so if I'm hearing you correctly, you can get better. Like if someone, yeah, if yeah, someone, yeah, if someone, yeah, 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 if, if someone starts this process and mm-hmm. says, "You know what? I kind of think I got a bug. You know yeah, yeah. You know. I want to, I want to get into it. Listening to this podcast, say, well, I have called out a sick million motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. I'm shit. the
1: greatest. I'm the greatest. Calling out sick
0: dude. <laughs> effort. Or, you know, probably you know, (laughs) lie to their girl a few times. So what if I've got some of that. Yes. And I'm saying, you know what, I want to kind of take it to the next level. I I show up to on cue at one of the open auditions. Mm. What you're saying is there is something that can be nurtured. Yeah, definitely. And 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 no matter what age you are, you can do this.
1: And in our this is the other thing. Our business is the business of rejection. Mm. So, if you got thin skin, don't do it. Because you're going to get your feelings hurt. <laughs> I'm, de- I'm dead serious. Somebody going to say some slick shit. And they probably don't mean it. But they going to say it. And it is what it is. And the other thing is, every part ain't for everybody. So, you know, you might have two actors that that come up for the same role and there might just be something that I like in this person that but I like you too. I like but you. I just can't I I don't I just don't think you're right at this time. Right. So rejection rejection is the name of the game and especially in in being an actor. Cause mm-hmm. there's a million actors out there. They're all they all have that something special in them. So no is no is is not a never. So just keep going because you you're you're gonna get that no and you're gonna get your feelings hurt. Be prepared to get your feelings hurt.
0: Particularly I think you know, in, in all art mediums, you know, even if someone paints a great, you know, great portrait, it doesn't yeah. mean somebody wants to buy it. Exactly. And it doesn't yeah. mean it sucks. It just doesn't mean it, it's just I mean, not for you. It's just yeah. not for that person. Yeah. yeah. That's very true. Um, so talk about what, what does what is the future for Q look like, man? What is Q looking like, you know, five years from now? What what's What's on your mind?
1: Hopefully, Broadway, off Broadway. Um, That's the that's the kind of trajectory that we're that we're headed, I believe, um, and working towards. Um, Right now, on cue is semi hiatus right now um, because we took time off. Uh, We did our Christmas show last year. Um, It just but you do have a schedule though, right? Yeah, yeah, we. You you
0: have a you have a calendar.
1: You do a calendar year or fiscal year? How do you We do a fiscal year. year. So July to June. Right. So right now we're on hiatus until Christmas show. Um, even though we're planning for that. Um and then we have something in February, um, and spring of twenty twenty. Uh and then we'll kind of rev back up for fall of twenty twenty.
0: How far do you plan? Uh
1: eighteen months. Eighteen months. Yeah, yeah. Um and right now we're just going through this whole phase of restructuring, uh, just because you know some funding is dried up. Um, so we're just trying to we're just trying to navigate the future. Uh, funders are giving differently. Um, mm-hmm.
0: it always changes, it's always changing. It's always changing. So, so real quick, jump, uh-huh. so let's. So we had Robert on last time, mm-hmm. and of course, one of the bigger conversations that's coming up in our community is going to be a vote, you know, about public funding for art. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your take on that, man?
1: I don't know how I feel about it. I voted no last time.
0: Um, and this is coming from someone who could possibly benefit.
1: Yeah, I voted no last time, just because. Just because of the weird relationship that we have with the arts here, I feel like that money ain't gonna be equi- equitable for, for everybody. Right, 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 right. Um, and I, I just, I just have a funny feeling <laughs> just from being here. Um, I get, I get the purpose of it, and I want to say yes, but You the, need to hear more. I need to hear more. Like um, most people. Yeah. I just need to hear more, even though it's only a a quarter of a penny. I still need to hear more from y'all because I I know how Charlotte do. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And Charlotte is Charlotte. There is a Charlotte. People call it the Charlotte Wave because there is a Charlotte oh, way. Char- Charlotte is Charlotte. Or Charlotte is Charlotte, Charlotte. Um, and yeah. So I'll just leave it at that. I just I'm, I just feel funny about it.
0: Okay, if 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 sixteen-year-old Q was sitting here now, what would you tell him? <laughs> Man, don't do that.
1: <laughs> Just in general, don't do that. <laughs> uh, what were you thinking? <laughs> nah, what would what was sixteen-year-old Q? Save your money, save your money, and uh. I can't, I, I can't say move to New York because that's all y'all, everybody around this table knows 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 that I love New York. (laughs) Um, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything because everything that I've done to get where I am Mm -hmm. is not the path that I would have chosen for myself. I don't think I would have the same opportunities or done the same thing if I was in a New York right. environment, like right when I left high school. I think I'd be a totally
0: different person. Yeah. So we always like to give folks some tips, man. So mm-hmm. folk that are trying to either get into this business, you know, or trying to get to where you are, mm-hmm. give them some, give them a couple of tips.
1: Um, you know, if you're a fan of theater or a fan of the arts, uh. Volunteer at your, you know, favorite arts organization. That's a great way to know the ins and outs of of a company, um, or just you know, volunteer for an artist or whatever. Um, help them out with an event. It's just a great way to learn learn the ins and outs of uh, of how people operate and what it takes to actually be in the business of art. Because um, there is a business to to the art side. Nice. Um so that will be the first and first and foremost thing. If you want to be a artist, um like I said volunteer. <laughs> um second of all, just take all the workshops and classes that you can and and network with other artists. Um it's just always great to know other artists and be able to uh talk to them and toss ideas around with you, with each other. Um cuz a, a lot of the ways that I was able to get to where i am is because of collaborations mm-hmm. with other with other artists and with other arts institutions um definitely wouldn't be where i am today without their support um so that those two those would be the top two things is volunteer get involved and just be a, a about a, a out and about in the community.
0: Cause it, I, I tell people all the time, this community will embrace you. Oh yeah, definitely. If you get out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah you but you gotta get out yeah, of you there. You gotta get out there. Yeah, you
1: can't. Um, you can't sit at home and expect somebody to realize your greatness from home when nobody knows you.
0: <laughs> Show up to the open audition, man. Yeah, exactly. Give everybody the social media handles. How can they find you? And how can they find on cue?
1: So if you want to follow Quentin Tally, uh, hit me on IG at I am. Quentin Tally Q U E N T I N, none of that Q U I N T O N shit. Q U E N T I N Tally T A L L E Y. He
0: cussing you
1: out. Q U E N. And then if you want to follow on Q, all social media, Facebook, IG, Twitter. You are now on Q. Y O U A R E N O W O N Q.
0: And and um, make sure so the season is you're on hiatus right now. But when will the season crank back
1: up? Uh we got a Christmas show December twentieth. Talk 20th. about the Christmas show. Uh, the Christmas show is so for Noel. It's a great time. Even if you don't like Christmas shows, I promise you, this is the Christmas show for you. We have some great artists that come through, do their thing. Um, And that is December the 20th and 21st. It's the third weekend in December Mm -hmm. at McGlow Theater. It's usually a sellout, so come out, um, have a good time. It's a family-friendly event, and tickets will be on sale within the next week or two. So, be on the lookout for that.
0: And they can find the, the tickets on the website. Yeah, yeah, on the website. Yeah. Okay, and social media. Mm-hmm. Quentin, brother from from Crafty with Cradle, man. We we thank you so much. Thank you for having me for coming through. I'm again prolific. You know, keep doing what you're doing. You know, we're gonna support you any way we can. Just let us know how we can help. And you're gonna drink my goddamn tequila. You're not you will not <laughs> escape <laughs> this motherfucking it. table. <laughs> he thinks he's let He, he was trying to... <laughs> So as always. The um, end
1: the, thankfully, this is the end of the interview.
0: It is, it is. And and so, you know, as always, we tell you, you know, you can find us at Crafted with creative on IG. Make sure you follow us our follow our Facebook page as well. Make sure you listen to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. And remember, you can always watch the shenanigans on Sweet929.tv. So if you, want, if you like yeah. listening or if you want to watch us, you can just go over to the link Sweet929.tv. You can also get that link at my website, KeithCradle.com. So there it is. Quentin, raise your glasses. As always, we like to close it out with a hearty cheers. And you ain't gotta shoot this. I ain't gonna take you back to your college days. You ain't gonna a swallow a sh- it all. I'm gonna shoot it. It's up to you. We're gonna shoot it. Alright, so there it is now. So cheers, cheers. brother. Find crafted with cradle on iTunes and iHeartRadio. Check out video of the show at dailymotion.com and sweet929.tv.